Hello and welcome to the Home Assistant Podcast. This is episode 58 and today we're talking about 0.101. So today we've got, uh, as usual, Phil. Hey, Phil. Hey, how's it going? Good. And we've also got Stefan. Hey, Stefan. G'day. How are you, mate? Great, thanks. And if you couldn't tell with that, Stefan is from New Zealand. So uh, welcome from uh, all the way from New Zealand. Well, all the way for me. Not that far from Phil, so. <laughs> <laughs> this episode is sponsored by Home Assistant Cloud by Nebukasa. Easily and securely access your local Home Assistant instance remotely for a small monthly fee that also supports the Home Assistant project. Configuration is via the user interface, so no fiddling with router settings, SSL certificates, or any YAML. So just right off the bat, I mean, uh, so we've got some State of the Union meetup. So if you haven't uh, seen that yet, uh, it's it's been pretty vocalized, I think. I think I saw it on Twitter. I've seen it on the front page uh, of, of the Home Assistant site. So there is a State of the Union meetup happening. There was one a while ago. But if you can't meet up in Amsterdam at that State of the Union, there's a couple of other meetups happening in Germany uh, where you can join others watching the live stream. So there's one in Berlin uh, from 6 to 9 at, uh, I guess that's local time there. And that does both p.m. So 6, 6 p.m. to 9 p.m. in Berlin. And there's also 6.30 to 9.30 p.m. Uh, in Grunstadt. So uh, we'll post the links to those at the Home Assistant Podcast website. And uh, hopefully uh, you make it out there. Whereas locally, uh, there'll be some local starting times, obviously, depending on where you are in the world. So that, I believe, will still be live streamed. Um, so U.S. East Coast would be about 1230. So that's my time. Uh, and then uh, on Wednesday, so 1230 p.m., that is. West Coast would be 930 and so on and so forth. So you can, uh, we'll, we'll post a link with a bunch of uh, times, uh, local times, and we'll also give you a link to a World clock, in case you need that. Yeah, so it's going to be uh, 4.30 a.m. my time, so I will not be waking up, unfortunately, yeah. for that one. I will just wait for... I'll, I'll watch the, the afterplay when I get to the office. What, are you going to have a, a long lunch that day, Rohan, and, and watch the live stream? <laughs> yeah, maybe, maybe. Um, I don't know. No, Well, it's it's a Wednesday, so I, I may be at a customer. I may be... I don't, I don't really know what where I'm going to be, so um, I'll definitely try and catch it. Um, and again, that's on November 13th in case uh, I missed that part. Yeah, or the 14th if you're far in the future like me and Stefan. That's right, that's right. And that must be if it's 4 o'clock for you. must be about a half past 6 for me. Yeah, 6.30 a.m. Auckland time, so good luck with that. Yeah, Whew. yeah, you might be able to make it. <laughs> it depends, on, depends on what time you wake up, right? So 4 o'clock. <laughs> well, there you go. You're great. Yeah, you're good. Yeah. Skip work, listen to it, you know. Uh, something that's a little bit off topic for Home Assistant, but I thought uh, worth mentioning. We had Isabella on a while ago, episode 25, so a long time ago now, but she introduced us to the SwitchBot, and I've actually got a couple of SwitchBots now. They are little uh, robot things that basically just push a switch on and off. SwitchBot, the company, uh, launched a new product, and it's on Kickstarter at the moment. It's called the SwitchBot Curtain. And I thought it was something that, you know, just something to put out there. If you're looking, because I know blind controls is, can be pretty expensive and, and there's so many options now. I don't know, IKEA have just put out their smart blinds. This mm-hmm. little retrofit from SwitchBot is a little robot that you attach to your curtain rail and it will open and cl- it'll basically push the curtains open or closed. So it's really cool. It's actually one of the, it's a, a unique design that I've uh, first seen yeah. and I know the company's uh, good because I've got their products and I, and I support them. They actually also mention, and, and they're very developer-friendly, which I think is important, especially for people that, you know, want open cloudless stuff like Home Assistant users. SwitchBot, I've actually also mentioned that, you know, they're fully supporting uh, Home Assistant and, you know, their API is open for makers and developers. And they mentioned that on their Kickstarter as well. Yeah, it's, it's interesting. So I did see this one and mm. they, they actually straight up call out a Home Assistant. Yeah as uh as a workable platform for this so. yes yeah, so really cool right mm-hmm. I, it, it's been uh, they've been kind of spamming my instagram and all that stuff uh oh you've lately, seen it too so good yeah I, i've seen i've seen it myself and then i saw somebody post it on reddit or something like that somewhere yeah and i was like oh that's interesting okay and then i put two and two together so i checked it out it does you're totally right it, it's actually really cool it looks like it just snaps on and uh 
snaps onto your curtain rail and, and that's it. So I don't know a whole lot yeah. about the product and, and Phil and I aren't getting paid to say this. So no, not at uh, all. Un- unless you are Phil, in which case I want to cut. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> but, but outside of that, it's. I'll it, take a free one. Yeah, there, there <laughs> we go. I'll, I'll just take one of these. You're right. I don't, I don't necessarily need money. I'll just, I'll take the switch bot uh, curtain. So no, but I mean, it, it seems really cool. I mean, I, I think, you know, the, the nerd in me is like, Hey, this is, this is neat. I want one and several. Yes. Yeah. Totally. So now it is a Kickstarter project. So I would, I, I'm off Kickstarter. I've been burned too many times. I'm actually still waiting three, four years now for another blind controller from Indiegogo that's just not shipping. So I completely understand if you are not uh, interested in a Kickstarter. However, if you're willing to take a gamble, I guess, uh, the SwitchBot is available on Kickstarter. They're trying to get a stretch goal at the moment. I think they got fully 100% of their goal was done in 12 minutes of launching the SwitchBot curtain, which is awesome. So congratulations to them. We'll leave a link to the Kickstarter. They are shipping in uh, August 2020. Um, So, you know, you won't get it tomorrow. But it may be a good project if you've got some blinds and you're in, in two minds about how you want to automate them. It might be a little thing to put on the radar, you know, years time. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm looking at their, at their Kickstarter right now. Yeah. So it's about 70 US for, for one of them. So it has schedules, got all that stuff. So it's kind of cool. Yeah. And I know the current switch bots are all uh, Bluetooth open API. So I have some, uh, some Raspberry Pis just hanging around that can communicate with them over MQTT. Uh, and then Home Assistant just has them as a switch. So I'm assuming right. something similar for the curtain, you know, just send a Bluetooth message or whatever protocol it's using and open and close it. So, yeah. Oh, this is cool. Apparently it's got a sunlight sensor in it too. Well, that's cool. Yeah. So you can basically say it's too bright, too dark. Based on that, it can open. Oh, man, okay. I really want this now. <laughs> I like that, that um, little thermostat. Just to yeah. change the subject. I like that little thermostat display. Switch oh. Thermostat and hydro... Hydrometer. Oh, that's cool. I, oh, I'm, that must be on their site. Yeah, I'm on their, I'm on their uh, Kickstarter. But yeah, this is cool because it's super simple too. So this is, uh, this is great for renters cool. as well because you don't have to change blinds. Yeah, you can literally just retrofit take it onto with the you. rail. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and and it works with different types of. Wow, this is neat. Hey, uh, Switchbot, if you're listening for the shout out, I will take a couple of these. <laughs> <laughs> I'll take one. Yeah, that's right. That's right. <laughs> so, well, yeah, no, a great, uh, great, great shout out, Phil. I think, I think that's kind of cool. So, yeah, and I'm, I'm glad that it's, I'm glad that they're highlighting, you know, that they're open to makers and and people that want to do it themselves and stay away from the cloud. So, yeah, totally. Good luck to them. Totally. Um, but now on to zero point one hundred one. Um, so again, still not at one one dot oh. So uh, for those <laughs> of you wondering, if you missed the last episode. Uh, there are going past 0.99 to 0.100. So let's, t- let's talk about what's new in here. So there's integration with Airly now, uh, which basically shows air quality data in Poland, Germany, and the UK. So if you live in one of those countries, great. You can now have air quality data using Airly if you so choose. It's cool. You can find out whether or not you should keep the windows open or closed, I guess. <laughs> that's right. Um, one that's really cool uh, in this release, it's called a prize. So app rise uh it's a notification platform for home assistant but i I sort of think of it as a a, home assistant you know makes everything agnostic so you know you if you want to talk to a z-wave light and a zigbee light you can use home assistant to bring them together well on the same sort of thinking a prize does that but for notifications so by enabling an apprise notification platform it automatically makes uh things like talking to telegram Discord, Slack, and uh, Rohan, you'll be interested in this, Cisco WebEx. Yeah, WebEx Teams. Yeah, under the one notification platform. So really cool. Uh, So if you're interested in maybe using this as a way to communicate with, you know, different maybe people in your home or on different apps, you can now just Mm -hmm. activate Mm -hmm. one notification platform and let it do its logic to communicate out to that service. Well, so it's kind of nice because it kind of removes the... um, dependency on home assistant right yes yes at the same time i think i think most of these are actually on home assistant natively so yes um if if there's some stuff that uh, let's say for whatever reason you want to have one single point of 
hey, I want to punt a notification this way. And maybe you use Telegram, your partner uses Slack, somebody else, your kids use WebEx Teams, whatever. I don't know. I'm just making stuff up. But uh, in, if that's the case and you want to send it out to everybody, I mean, there's two ways to do it. That you can have a group in, in Home Assistant or you can use AppRise. So I, I can see I can see why uh, – I'm, I'm not sure if it's AppRise or, or Apprise, but whichever Sorry. it is <laughs> – uh, I, I definitely see the value of it. I just, if, if you've already got your stuff set up, then maybe there's not as much value, but if not, then, you know, it might, that might be kind of, kind of interesting. It always, I'm always in two minds about these things. Like on the one hand, it's another point of failure, right? If this, uh, like if this integration goes down, like sure. that's something that, that the link that's missing, but then also I like that there's another option as well. Like it, it's sort of, and for me, using multiple versions of Home Assistant, like running multiple instances of Home Assistant, you know, I've only got to, if I change my ID somewhere, I've only got to change like a prize in one location and all instances of Home Assistant are updated straight away. Yes. Whereas if everything's native, I've got to go in and I've got to update, you know, all the instances of Home Assistant to point to those notification IDs being changed. Totally, totally. And that's all valid. So, but but I mean, but, yeah. but with that said, I could also say if I change my... Uh, <laughs> If I change my API key or password or what have you with in this platform now, you know, I, I have to change it across my multiple things. But yeah, you're totally right. If you, if you have, let's say, for example, if you use the same password across multiple services, which you really should not, mm. but let's say you do for, for whatever reason and fine. And then let's say that identity gets compromised. You can, uh, to your point, Phil, you can change it all in this one place and then, and then, you know, go from there. So also there's uh, solar log integration. So if you have a uh, solar power inverter, which is compared uh, compatible with solar log, you can now bring that data into Home Assistant. So once it's connected, then at that point, has can now report things like power consumption and yield from base from all the inverters that you've uh, you've got. So um, that's kind of it's kind of nice. It's good uh, good use of uh, Home Assistant as a data collection platform as well. So. Mm. I'd love to see people and they're going all out with those Grafana dashboards with all yep. this data. Like that would look sexy as. Yeah, I, I like the um, solar yeah. panel one, that the Lovelace integration, that solar panel one they oh, have yes. built, the triangle. Yes. Yeah. Yep. That's yeah. quite sexy. Yeah. Yeah. yeah no, I, I agree. I don't have any solar panels. I, I would love some, but I don't have any. But uh, <laughs> it's, it's, uh, it's, it's interesting. So, so somebody, I, I know we're definitely getting off topic here, but that's, uh, that's the point of this show. That's what we do. Uh, yeah, yeah. But but I, I, I don't know if you guys have this uh, rule or anything, and, and I don't know how popular solar panels are uh, where you guys are, but in, in Australia and New Zealand. But uh, for here, somebody told me, and, and, and I have no idea if this is true or not, but I don't know if it's in, in Canada or in Ontario or in, in just the greater Toronto area. But somebody told me that if you have uh, solar panels and let's say your house catches on fire, the fire department will let your house burn down because at that point it's a risk for them to go in and shut off the solar panel because they may get uh, severely injured or what have you. Uh, wow. it, make, it makes sense. I, I, I don't know how – literally I was, we were interviewing some, some guy and, and something he was working on was around that. And he was telling me, and I was like, "Wow, that's I did I did not know that." That's interesting. I actually yeah. haven't heard of that. Uh, I yeah, that's no, neither have I. I have to go ask ask a couple of mates. They've got houses. I've yeah, somewhere to go ask them. I mean, I mean, I, I'm I'm sure it wouldn't be too difficult to put some kind of a cutoff switch or something to say, "Hey, great, kill it," and then at that point, you know, mm. that does whatever. But I, I, I yeah, I'm so so. I mean, not not that not that I can I. I can afford to get solar panel at this point, but if 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 and when I can, that may may or may not hold me back because at that point it's like, uh, how much do I really value a firefighter being able to put out a fire? Is it just new technology, and they're just a bit scared to go there? Yeah, and 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 this might be something ancient too, right? So I don't know. Yeah, like part of me is thinking this is an old wives' tale, right? Like. It's yeah. something that someone said yeah. at the in a bar somewhere, and it's sort of just caught on, and it's a rumor more or a myth sort of thing. It, it could because be because surely there would have to be so much safety in that. You know, I don't know here, like if you're pumping out too much, uh, if your solar panels are pumping out too much electricity into the inverter, the inverter will just shut off and say, "Hang on, you're giving me too much electricity. I can't handle this. Like I've got a safety shut off, right? Like I don't want to burn myself out." 
Yeah. So surely there would have to be some sort of safety in that if, and similar to like a, a surge protector in your home or a, you know, safety switch, you know, if you stick a knife in a, in a, saw, a wall socket, don't do it just in case, you know, you don't have a safety <laughs> switch installed. Please, please but, do. You know, there is <laughs> things, yeah, you know, the, the system is designed to detect that and, and shut off the electricity immediately yeah. before any damage can be done. So surely there would have to be some, like there's got to be the technology in those systems to be able to detect those sort of things. Yeah. I've also heard that if the power goes off on the street side, the solar panels will go off. Mm, that's interesting. I yeah, don't, you don't want to... How does yeah. that work? Well, no, nah, because well, I think what they, they're saying is that, because, you know, like if the solar power can feed the grid, what they're saying is that if the power, if the grid is turned off, the solar panel will actually stop feeding the grid so the guys working on the power don't get, the linesmen don't uh, get executed. Yeah, right, of course. Right, right. Instead, yep. instead of, like, I mean, you mean it, it'll get diverted to your battery bank rather than... yeah. Yeah. Right. Right. Sorry, I thought you meant it just stops producing power. I was like, what? Okay. Yeah. So no, that that makes more sense. Yeah. Mm. I could, I could, I could see that. I mean, that makes perfect sense from a from a safety perspective, right? In terms of, hey, mm. um, you know, back you on know, top of subject. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I digress. <laughs> Don't we all? That's right. That's right. All right. So back to more features that are in point one zero one. Two new notification platforms. So first is the Cinch SMS notifications. So if you would like to receive SMS notifications, you can use the Cinch service to and their API to send you some SMS notifications. And finally is the Microsoft Teams. So if you're one of the three people using Microsoft Teams, or maybe you're <laughs> in a corporate environment, you can now integrate. Uh, your home assistant instance and it can message a notification to one of those team channels as well nice yeah more more platforms which is which is great that's all right um some breaking changes uh this time around so api password so this is probably one of the biggest breaking changes for this uh release before uh we had usernames and passwords there was api password so you just had one single password no usernames no separate accounts, none of that stuff. And uh, they, they just to not break stuff, uh, the developers decided, hey, we're going to keep this for a little while, just moving forwards in case you want to do it. It's, it's very bad practice to use this uh, and, and you sh- really shouldn't. But as of 101, they have actually uh, disabled requests to the API or the front end, which has the API password in the URL. So let's say, for example, the uh, the, the URL has, you know, whatever, 192.168, whatever uh, IP address or, or host name you've given it, question mark API underscore password equals blah, blah, blah. That will not be valid anymore. I know your password now. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> that's right. Blah, blah, blah. Um <laughs> Uh, uh, additionally, so if you have the concept that there was also the concept of trusted networks, which has been removed, which is which is really funny because I, I actually saw a post, I think yesterday, there, where somebody was just like, oh, just use trusted networks. Uh, so if you did that, sorry, oh, no. you put that effort in for not. Uh, <laughs> uh, so basically, so that means if you come in from a specific network address range, so it might be one or one, one IP or wherever address range you put in. Essentially, you would not be asked to log in anymore. So I believe they assumed uh, whatever admin user, and based on that, you wouldn't. You just have straight up access to to Home Assistant. Also, so now that's that's also gone. So that one I feel like would affect more people um, than the API password. Uh, I think I think the API password. They've been kind of talking about removing that for a while. Uh, there's been warnings to say, hey, please don't use this. Mm. Um, I believe if you use it, it actually shows up in your error log saying, hey, yeah. you know, uh, this is going to be deprecated soon. So hopefully people have caught that somewhere, someone somehow and and gotten rid of it. So I, I suspect that's going to be a smaller uh, percentage of the population compared to the trusted networks. So if you use either of those, uh, please keep in mind that will no longer be supported. So from essentially what that results in is from uh, 0.101, you need to update your config if you still use that legacy password. And uh, in the past, that was in the HTTP component. And now uh, in, in, the, in the YAML file, now you can actually set up a proper password through the auth provider in your YAML file. The features have kind of been deprecated for a while now, but they are 
properly getting dropped as of uh, 0.101. So if you use that feature uh, or either of those features, just please keep that in mind and uh, it will error out. So So I think this is moving towards uh, the concept that everything in Home Assistant needs an authenticated user. So previously with the trusted networks, you know, you could make any call that you wanted and you didn't have to identify yourself to Home Assistant. Now what we're pushing for is that every call to Home Assistant needs some form of, you know, identity behind it. Who is authorized, like who's doing this? Is it because you've got an API password or is it because you've got a user access token? Just for more traceability and for more security because the last thing you want is a bad actor getting into your network somehow, either through uh, a compromised IoT gadget or something, and then discovering that Home Assistant is on your network and then being able to make any call it likes to Home Assistant and being able to you know use that system to pivot onto your Home Assistant instance and then take control of your smart home. That's right. So so it, it's important to mention too, so if, if you do have anything that does leverage that API password, let's say you have some custom scripts, things like that that you're using the API for, in your profile, there is a concept of a long-lived access token, uh, which is basically the new version of this API password. Um, and, yeah. and so you can create those tokens and I, they'll be valid for 10 years. So, um, that way, if you actually build an application around home assistant, that's something, let's say something that consumes home assistant, uh, you can, you can, uh, utilize that. Onto some more, uh, this one's more of a, a warning, uh, Python 3.6 support has now been deprecated and it seems just yesterday we were dropping 3.5, but 3.6 has now been deprecated because Python 3.8 is now available. So that was released on the 14th of October. So nothing really is changing uh, from this release, but in future versions, you know, things will start, if you're using Python 3.6, they will start to be dropped off. So uh, it's probably time to start planning your upgrade to at least 3.7, but I'll just try and upgrade to 3.8 as soon as you can. Yeah, oh, and and if you use uh, Docker or Has.io, which uses Docker on other covers, you don't really need to worry mm. about this. Um, it's kind of all handled for you since that's, that's part of the actual yep. Docker container on in inside of it. So when the Home Assistant team compiles that, that Docker container, They'll they'll use whatever versions are supported. So even when three five got deprecated, now three six is going to be deprecated. You know you you don't you don't really need to worry too too much about it. So there you go. Roku's. Uh, so if you have a Roku TV now, uh, the power off state is actually changing a little bit. Roku TVs will now start now say that they're on standby instead of off. So if you have an automation that that says, hey, you know, if your Roku TV is off then blah 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 that will break you need to change off to standby uh and that is as of 0.101 as well and i think another one that's going to affect you and your it could be mm-hmm. is the there's a new turn on service so previously you could call the climate turn on and it would cause the uh, it could be thermostat to turn on in heat mode uh regardless of the mode when the thermostat was turned off uh, moving forward, it will now turn the thermostat back on to the last active mode that it was in. Right. For example, heat, cool, or auto. If you nice. did nice. Uh, turn the thermostat uh, on or off uh, and before Home Assistant restarted and Home Assistant doesn't know what its previous state was, it will default back to an auto mode. So I think that's going to be more user-friendly for yeah, everyone. Yeah, that's... that's- that is awesome. Um, Especially in summer. Yeah, yeah. No, that's huge. MQTT JSON lights uh, can now support, uh, or sorry, can now specify floating point numbers. So it's going to take a second to explain this. So this is a breaking change still. But so what happens is in previous versions of Home Assistant, if you make a call to a JSON-based MQTT light with a transition set, what happens is that would be converted to a round number. So if you had something like two and a half seconds, that means it converts it to two seconds. So it, it always rounds it. So now from 0.101, it'll actually send these transition times as floating point numbers, which basically means you can do 2.5 seconds or so on and so forth. Yeah, that's it. That's the breaking change. It's really cool. I, I do like <laughs> that you can specify, you know, half a second. It may, it may not seem like much, but it can, you know, when you're looking at, when you doing these transitions you know two seconds might be too fast three seconds might be too yeah. slow but now being able to do any you know half quarter three quarters 
can really make a, a difference. So that's cool to see. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, and if you're using one of the Atlassian chat services, either HipChat or Stride, uh, they've actually been bought out by Slack, I believe. So because those notification platforms are being uh, discontinued, those uh, components in Home Assistant are being removed as of zero one oh one. So you will need to remove those from your configuration if you are still using those. Yeah, I think I think HipChat. Yeah, HipChat got bought by Adelation, which is the company that makes uh, Bitbucket, Jira, and all that stuff. And and yeah, so they they partnered with Slack. It sounds like. Uh, but yeah, I mean, yeah, because HipChat HipChat was owned by Atlassian, and then they came out with Stride, which was going to be their replacement for HipChat. And then I think everything just got bought out by Slack. Hey everyone, I just wanted to take a minute to talk about the Eufy Video Lock. It's a smart lock that's really easy to set up with just a Phillips screwdriver and no extra drilling. It's got a keyless entry, so you don't need to worry about fumbling with the keys when your hands are full. Also, you don't need to worry about handing out extra keys when you're in a pinch, your kids losing them, or people copying the key and passing it around to each other. Something else I like about the Eufy Video Lock is that it has a camera built in and it works as a doorbell as well. Personally, I think the Eufy video lock is great for apartments or cottages where you can't necessarily add extra holes for a video doorbell. My favorite part about it though is that there isn't a monthly fee and your recordings are locally stored, so you don't have to worry about someone else owning your doorbell data. You can find it on Amazon, or if you want to know more, search Eufy video lock, that's E-U-F-Y video lock, or visit eufyofficial.com slash video lock to see how you can gain complete control of your door. Yeah, and 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 I mean it makes sense to remove it from this platform. It's just if you're if it doesn't exist, why bloat the software, right? So Yeah. Yeah. Some other uh, noteworthy updates. Um out of so there's an additional there's an addition of four condition support on binary sensors, lights, and switches. So what that means is basically you can have conditions in your YAML, which will apply uh, when something like a binary sensor has been in a state for a period of time. So, hey, if my motion sensor has been on for 10 seconds, blah, 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 do so on and so forth. You know what's funny? I actually use these a lot in triggers. Mm-hmm. So, for example, if uh, you know my entry door has been open for more than five minutes, maybe you know take an action or turn off a light or something. Yeah. I also have these in conditions. I didn't realize they never worked. I would just I just assumed I was doing something wrong, which is sort of like <laughs> a light bulb moment to me. I'm like, ah, oh, that's why that never worked. It was never supported. This makes so much more sense. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And. It being here done that, and of course it doesn't error, so you don't know it's not working. Exactly, you're always relying yep. on the error. Yep. that's exactly it. Please break, please break. No, it's not breaking. What have yeah. I done wrong? <laughs> yeah, exactly, yeah. exactly. But but yeah. So Stefan, let's uh, let's talk about you for for a couple of minutes. Um, I started home automation in 1999. Wow. <laughs> and nice. It cost me. It cost me probably well, about don't ninety dollars. Don't think about how much it cost. Oh, okay. All right. Yeah. $90 to turn, to get the computer to turn one light off. <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Okay. That makes sense. Yeah. Uh, then I found, um, cause I, I'm, I'm a Microsoft person. So, uh, VB scripting is my forte. I mm-hmm. uh, found home assistant, uh, home, home seer. Sorry. Home seer. Yep. Found yep. Home seer. Bought a license for that. Did that for probably, four or five years and kids 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 got in the way so home automation got put on a on, a, on the back burner for about mm. i started for a while um still have all still had all my because i had all x10 stuff in my house i was house. gonna say 99 you would have been you know the x10 yeah. sort of generation yes yes and it took me ages to work out why would why could i need to control half my house because <laughs> my because my house was in two phases and yeah. And X10 wouldn't jump across to the other phase. Mm. Wow. It took me ages to work out why is this plug work on this side of the house, but not on this side yep. of the house. Yeah. But yeah, so yeah, then I found, um, I actually found OpenHab first. So I did that. I found that probably three, four years ago and used that. Hated the um, their scripting. Mm, that's what I found okay. that a lot too. It was a cross between Java, some other own guys written logic and 
I just could yeah. not get my head around it. It's funny because I think Home Assistant gets a lot of a bad rap for, you know, everything being in YAML. And then I look at Home, uh, sorry, I then look at OpenHab and I think, oh, like, what's easier, YAML for like someone that's never done coding before or Java? And I think, you know, Home Assistant gets a lot of bad rap for using YAML and and all that, but I think you know it's not definitely not the worst out there. No, I'm, I, yeah. It took me probably to get YAML. Probably took me probably two, three months, mm-hmm. and it was a headache. Like you just one that spaces getting your head round. Yes. Double space, double space. Once you get that into your head, then the light sort of half comes on. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But yeah. You know, no. But no, it was cool. Yeah. And then then I found started learning Python because I run Cody as well. Okay. And I okay started. And I wrote, and I wanted to write my own little Cody plugin. So that was all in Python. So I started learning Python. Then I found Home Assistant. I'm like, oh yeah, this is Python. Oh, I could join these two together. And yeah. And as of two o'clock yesterday this morning, I finally finished my first Python script, which was really cool. I'm really happy. Nice. So how are you awesome. executing yeah, that Python script in Home Assistant? Uh, through an automation at midnight. Okay, so there's like a because I know Home Assistant has a concept that you can fire a Python script from an automation directly, so you're just using that. I'm guessing. Yes. Yep. Yeah. Perfect. Yep. Well, no. Well, actually, the Python script creates a um a object. It creates yep. an object, and yeah. So the Python script at midnight just it creates the object or updates the object every right. Okay. Every, every twelve hours, yep. and it's just to work right. out my shift pattern because I'm I do four on four off, so four. I do two days, two nights, and then four days off. And so I wanted to build a sensor to right. know when I'm on and off. Okay. Would there be any benefit to using a Google Calendar integration and just putting your work hours in a Google Calendar? Thought about that, yeah, but no, it's just that means I have to go fill out the Google Calendar. The way I've yep. done it, I've actually written it on maths. So the maths is it, I just put my first shift pattern, day one of my fir- of my first shift, yeah. and from that, it can work out what shift I'm on. And that day, that first day shift could have been a year ago. It will still mathematically right. work it out. Okay, nice. So it's all on maths. So it's all maths. Yep. Okay. I guess that reduces a cloud dependency then. You don't have to have internet access yeah. to read yeah, Google exactly. Calendar. I, yeah, I hate cloud. I've got nothing, um, everything, all my switches I've, I've got of Tas, of Tasmosa, Tasmosaized. Um, yep. That was that, that best software ever invented, I think. Yeah, yeah. Um, okay, that's cool. I don't really use all, all, a lot of my houses is a more smarter house, right? Clever house. Like I don't have touch screens or anything like that. My house reacts with me. Yep. So do the washing. Uh, we do the washing machine. If if we do a load of washing during the day, we've got a hot water cupboard which has got a little bar heater on it because we took the hot water out. So it's still a hot water cupboard, but it's got a little bar heater on it. Yep. Mm-hmm. So at no. So if we do a wash, if we do a load of washing today, it turns the thermostat up to that up to thirty degrees and keeps a and heats the cupboard up for us. And then twelve hours later, it turns it off because we don't need we don't need the heating going on anymore. Uh, if I open up the hall, the hot water cupboard, it um, turns the switch off, turns the heater off. So if it's on, it turns it off. So it's sort of like then when you close, and if you don't close it, the heater doesn't come back on. So if you then you close it again and it um, turns itself right. back on. And then yep. one night I was going, this was cool. I quite like this idea. Open the cupboard door. Oh, it's dark in the hall. Ah, how about when I open the cupboard door, turn the hall lights on? So yes. now the, you open the open the cupboard, hot, hot water cupboard. Right. Hall lights come on, close it. And hall lights went off straight away. Oh, hang on, have to wait. So wait three more seconds. So it now waits three seconds to before it turns the lights off. So, yeah, just little things like that. Yeah, because I've done something similar for my washing machine. So, uh, my washing machine is in the spare bathroom. So, if, you know, you open the door to the washing machine to take a load out of washing and the lights aren't on, it'll turn the lights on for you because obviously you're in the bathroom now. So, Mm. yeah. Yeah, Mm. that's the smarts I like. That's the smarts I like doing to my house. Yeah, Um, definitely. My other one is drive down the driveway and the garage door opens. That's a cool one. That really freaks out people. (laughs) <laughs> Do you have anything to verify who's coming down the driveway so that only your car opens the driveway up? Or? Well, no, because I've got a little, um, got a little um, Wemos, uh, Wemos, yeah, dub, a Wemos, we, yep. Wemo. Yep. Yeah, 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 Wemo. Yeah, I've got one of those, and, and so as soon as that joins the network, uh-huh. Home Assistant sees, ah, oh, that's just joined the network, I'm going to 
and the garage door is closed, I'm going to open the garage door. And if it's night time, I'm going to turn on the garage lights for 10 minutes. Right. Do you have right, right. any protections in place in case it joins, you know, 3 a.m. in the morning while you're asleep for whatever reason? Maybe the network reset itself? No, because it's worked like on my car. It's just as soon as my – it's with the, the car. So as soon as I turn ah, the car right. on, yep. so it's all okay. controlled by the, the car battery. So when I'm in the car and the car's going, yeah. Yep. Uh, um, yeah, I've – Last couple of weeks, I've played with Volmeo, so I've just got that going, and I've actually got that all integrated into Home Assistant as well now, so that was a cool buzz. Okay. And I've got the um, HA plate, HAS plate, the HAS plate touchscreen, little three-and-a-half-inch touchscreen. Oh, yes. Okay. Yeah. yeah, I did that. Probably, I think I was probably one of, probably, probably one about that, one of the tenth, tenth person to build one. <laughs> and Yeah. Yeah, and I've got that with, hooked up to my media net to Volio, so when... When a song's playing on my on my jukebox, it changes that that screen shows the um, title of the song that's playing, the volume control on the little touch screen. So yeah, so my house is more yeah I haven't got really that's probably about the only touch screen I've got. And but most of my yeah. house reacts with me like sitting down watching TV and if I'm watching TV um, and it's and the lounge is below 22 degrees, it will turn it will fire my gas heater on and it will control my gas heater for me yeah and when i turn the tv off gas heater goes off and go to bed well that's great so it's it's so so to me so those are personally those are my favorite kind of automations right because to me an automation should be exactly that it should be automated if if i'm integrating or if sorry if if i'm doing something to actually trigger that automation manually then that's not auto, no. at least in my mind, yeah, right? It's, it, it, it's, it's exactly what you're saying. It should react to you and kind of your actions. Hey, I do this, great. It's going to trigger a whole bunch of other yeah. things based on Yeah, like like I've got a bed sensor. So when I jump into bed, it knows to, because the wife and I, we've got side lamps. Mm-hmm. So yeah. when I turn the TV off, if the wife's gone to bed first, it would only turn on my side lamp and vice versa. Mm. Right. If I go to bed first and the wife turns the TV off, it only turns on her side. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's, it's which which makes sense. Yeah. to me it's like, I mean, I hate it. I yeah, you see, know, watching all these YouTube channels, everybody pulls out a smartphone to turn the light off. I mean, it's like all you're doing is putting the switch from the wall to your pocket. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's 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 interesting because for me, I so to to do stuff like that. There's certain things just because a lot of times I don't really. It's weird. I don't have a standard routine, right? Or I or I may not be home or whatever. So so for turning off all that stuff, I I use voice. So I I use my uh, Amazon Echo. Cool. And and you know I'll just say hey uh, good night and then whereas what what happens is sometimes I might be I might be in the basement working or something like that and uh, my girl my girlfriend will decide all right well she's going to bed so she'll just say good night and all the lights will turn off and I'm like really <laughs> so and haven't worked the logic and, for that and, one yet. <laughs> No, I mean, I mean, really, if if I if I cared enough, I would do kind of room level presence and be like, okay, both of us are here, mm. or only one of us is there, whatever, and then and then based on that, do do whatever. But that room presence, it's that's so hard. Bluetooth ain't quite good enough. The the um, infrared motion sensors, they ain't. They seem to not be good enough. I mean, I've gone down those avenues, and I'm just oh, so I'm looking at logic, you know, like my yeah. TV. So if we're watching TV, yes. we turn the TV off, that means we're going to bed. So it's sort of like that's probably my presence in my house. You know, yeah. if I if the gas, you know, so if we're not home, we, we've gone out for dinner, the gas heater doesn't yeah. come on because we ain't watching TV, you know? Yep. So yep. that's... Yeah. No, which makes sense. That's my present detection. I think I'm very much the same. So in my office, you know, I have a... Uh, a smart switch connected to my monitor so if my monitor is on then i'm using the computer and the office lights won't mm. turn off because i could be sitting at my computer you know typing away and the lights just would turn mm. off because i'm not making enough movement for the motion sensors to detect me anymore. Yeah, exactly. same thing with the tv right you don't want to be sitting on the couch enjoying a nice horror movie and then all of a sudden the lights go off in the middle of it right so yeah. Yeah, I think, you know... I mean, at that point, that's, <laughs> to me, that just adds reality. <laughs> exactly, right? Uh, so, I think, you know, for room presence, you need a lot of information about what's going on in the house. Yeah. Yes, definitely, definitely. And, and 
I've gone down and the big and the only way I can think of it is just by using switches, physical switches. Like I've got bed, so I've got bed a bed sensor, mm-hmm, which mm-hmm. was just a um, security mat from Amazon, and I just wired that into a oh really yeah like a little security so, mat that goes under the mat, and it had a, like right. a doorbell. Yep. Yeah, I think they use it in nursing homes for putting in in the bed out outside the so yep, when the yep. um, old people walk out. Yeah, so I just put it under the mattress. And it works That's perfectly. awesome. And I just got that. And I got that what connected Amazon? to a Sonoff. Huh. Yeah. I've got that. Wow. Um, okay. That's kind of interesting, actually. Yeah. Could, oh, I mean, I know there's a lot of people that buy like the couple hundred dollar. Weight. Bead uh, weight. Sensor. Yeah. 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 And it, it measures all Smart the stuff. Smart mattress. I, I don't know. Personally, personally, I, I found. So, so I actually ended up. Uh, so I, I did buy one. Uh, I forget which one it was. This is a few years ago. And I bought one and I put it under the sheets or whatever. Because it doesn't go under the mattress. It goes under the sheet. Uh. And I and I, and I noticed like it, it it was still it was still very thin, but I still noticed that there was a pad there. And I I, I don't know. Just in in I just couldn't get over. Princess and the Pete right here. Yeah, so like like it wasn't it wasn't like poking me or it wasn't doing any of that. It was just it was there and I knew it was yeah. there. So I was instead of focusing on sleeping, I'm focusing on the fact that it's there. Yeah. So I I I don't know. It, it, I I just found that that was too not intrusive. Like not, not intrusive from like a privacy perspective. Just intrusive in the sense that it's I'm I'm thinking about it <laughs> right like. It makes so, sense. Yeah, so I, I don't know if you have that kind of an experience, uh, Stefan, like in terms of... I'll paste you the link. Yeah. So you can look at it. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's great. Well, we can we can put that on the uh, show notes as well. Yeah, for sure. If anybody's interested in building it yourself. Yeah. So I literally just cut that cut that alarm off, and I just and I just connected to a Sonoff Basic. One's connected to the RX, and one's connected to the TX of the Sonoff Basic. Interesting. So... So, so on this then, so then does this go under your mattress. sheets or does it go under your mattress itself? Under the mattress. Oh, see, that's, see, I like that. Yeah. Because to me, that, that is that, because it, now it's not intrusive anymore yeah. because I still get my mattress. Don't worry. It took me about two weeks to try and get it in the right place. Because if you have it too low, too high, yeah, it's that, where you, we got to fight, you got, it's the playing round trying to get it in the right mm. place. That's the bit yeah, that took me. Yeah, yeah. Ages. And what about the mattress? Does that is that heavy enough to constantly alarm it, or can you no, set a, no. a variable? No, it hasn't. Well, that's what I was wondering. It hasn't because like okay, it, it it goes under um a normal length. They um normally put them under normal rugs, so it goes yeah, under a rug. Okay. okay. Yep. So it's meant to be weighted, and then add. So I guess it checks the delta in the weight, not yeah. the weight itself. I presume so. Yeah, it must do, it must do. But yeah, it just uh, it's just yeah, that's yeah. It took me a while to. Because at one stage I had it too far in the middle of the bed, because right. and then when you lie, and then when the wife lied on it, both it was both both sides were going off, so it was just trying right. to find that balance. That's the bit that took me probably a couple of weeks to find find the sweet spot. Just a little bit of movement every day, just to get it right, because you don't want it when you're sitting on the side of the bed either. So when you're sitting on the side of the bed, sure. <laughs> getting dressed. Oh, I like that. I like this, and and, and it's actually twenty five US dollars, expensive. isn't it? Twenty five yeah. bucks US. I know. It's just brilliant. Yeah. It's a brilliant. I mean, it was just I don't know. I saw it somewhere, and I thought, oh yeah. So I got it. Wired a son off into it. So it's now connected, and that's how it connects it to the home assistant. So so you cut off the you cut off the chime. So this this is again because it's a pressure mat alarm. Yeah. Right. Just so everyone's aware. So you cut off the alarm part. Yeah. And just uh, wired that to the um, uh, uh, one to ground, one to RX, and the other one to ground, and the other one to TX of the little Sonoff basic. And is the Sonoff oh. plugged into mains power or is it battery power? Yes, it is. No battery, nice. and that's the other good thing because it's plugged into mains. Yeah. Yeah. The Sonoff itself is. I just don't use the the relay on on the Sonoff at all. It doesn't. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, it just sits there and does nothing. So it's just really all it's doing is just reading the bed, the um two uh, mats. That's very cool. That's all it's doing. Yeah. Yeah. And so a Sonoff, you know, what's what's a Sonoff worth? Five six bucks. So yep. you know, literally for yeah sixty bucks a uh, bed sensor. <laughs> yeah. yeah and That's now awesome. you're free to upgrade your mattress to whatever you want in the future and it'll still work yeah yeah exactly exactly yeah um you mentioned before that you have you know you your house is reactive but do you use anything like voice or your phone or anything for any situations where you'd have to need an override you know for example nope. if the automation hasn't kicked in nope 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 mine's wow. um oh, oh plus everything's all all um switches all my switches are all the 
manual because most yep. all my switches have got Sonoffs behind them. Okay. okay. And so they're all manual. So they will work when the power's off, or not not when the power's off. When the when home assistance down, yeah, it still works. Um, I gave up on the Pi. I got a real PC. I use a real PC. Yeah. <laughs> I just gave on the. Nice. I gave up. I burnt too many SD cards. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I think a lot of people starting off with you know the Pi, you know, they will yes. see a lot of. Oh, it was cool. I think people got to realize, yes, do the Pi. But within six months, you should be seriously. If you want, to, if you want to do this home automation, just put it straight on PC. And like, I picked up a little HP 820 Elite. Mm-hmm. Cost me okay. eighty dollars off trade me. Awesome. <laughs> yeah. Nice. And Great. it's two gig of RAM, and I've actually just upgraded it to eight gig. So I've just put eight gig in it, and man, yeah. it flies. Home. I've never yeah. seen Home Assistant work so fast. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> well, even just, just the restart. Well, when you do a restart, uh, boots take longer, but when you do a restart, like I was noticing last night um, building this new Python script, yep. um, I, I test directly in, in the environment. So it's a couple of line changes. Yep, that right. And then put a live restart home assistant, and like within 15 seconds, tw- tw- 20 seconds, I could see, oh, spelling mistake, bugger. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 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 Um. Yeah. So yeah. So I've been doing. Yeah. And I probably spend probably a good on my days off. Probably spend four or five hours a day inside it, inside Home Assistant, learning forum, helping out with people on the forum. Love doing the helping yep. out in the forum. That's awesome. Yeah. Well, that's that's great. Thank you. Like on behalf of the community, that's that's fantastic. Nah, yeah. Just that people gotta 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 get used to my dis my dyslexia. <laughs> <laughs> that's okay. That's okay. Yeah. Don't ask me to. Sp- to write in to, to, to doc, document anything or can't can't do it for myself but give me some code to write and i'll work out the logic for the code yeah nice mm. that's awesome now i've just started doing um zigwave zigbee 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 yeah, yep. yeah zigbee i've got the um the um zigbee cube and got uh two lights and one switch so Quick. You've got to get onto the yeah. awesome Xiaomi Zigbee stuff. It's cheap and yeah. awesome. Oh, like lots of door yeah, sensors, the wireless switches. Yeah. 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 It took a while for oh, that. Awesome. It is, yeah. I mean, my little door switch I've got sitting on my desk here, it sort of got it and it would not play nice and it just kept dropping, kept dropping its single. Yeah. And the latest update they did fixed that problem. So that was really nice. So now it's sort of like just about got 100% confidence of putting it to a door now, not sitting on my yeah. desk. <laughs> Actually, to, to go off a bit topic for a sec, Rahan, uh, we were talking in the week that you were having some trouble with your Zigbee and you were <laughs> not pleased. Have yeah. you managed to yeah. fix your Zigbee problems? I have not. I have oh, not. No. So it's, it's the weirdest thing. So it's it's the radio itself, I think, works okay. Yep. The, so I, I use a Conbi, uh, Conbi 2 stick. Uh, in a, Same here. Yeah, in a Raspberry Pi. So the Raspberry Pi is literally just dedicated to being a Zigbee node. Uh, I, I talked about it in one of the earlier episodes. But, you know, it works great, all that stuff. So I was actually using HasOS on it, and HasOS crashed. Oh, no. I think we had some power... I don't know. I guess it went okay. on, off, on, off, something like that. Or something. Yeah, some, something weird happened. And basically, I came home and nothing's working. And I was like, oh, crap. Okay. And so I look, I, I plug in the monitor to the uh, to the Raspberry Pi and everything. And I'm like, oh, okay. And it's just cycling through. The Docker container's not coming up. Uh, so, so the OS itself booted up, but then uh, nothing else was really coming up. So I was like, okay, this is weird. Um, so I'm trying everything and nothing's working. So I was like, okay. So I pulled out the I pulled out the uh, SD card and I said, okay, you know what? I'm gonna I have I have an extra SD card. So I took that uh, second SD card. I put uh, Ubuntu uh, 18.04 on it and I said, okay, yep. you know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna build this from scratch and uh, and just went on uh, Home Assistant's GitHub page. Uh, they have the builder there mm-hmm. and built it out in, a, in Ubuntu. It's basically just 
make sure you meet the dependencies and run the script. It's pretty straightforward, actually. And uh, which which I, I thought was great. And then so I, then I said, OK, fine, let me let me try to rebuild this. And I'm trying to scan and everything. And it's, and it's not picking up. It picked up one of my emotion sensor that I have that's ancient. And I was like, OK, great. And then I'm trying to I have some water leak detectors. I have some other motion sensors. Um, I have door open, close sensors, all this stuff. And for whatever reason, my my devices just are not not resetting okay so try this trick try this yeah, I've, got, I've got a trick for you You know when you you know you've got the button to pair it you put it into pair yeah, mode yeah what i do is i do that but then i actually activate the sensor so okay does it make sense yeah like so so if, if it's a motion sensor like wave in front of the yeah. where the where the yeah like so, so i i thought i tried that so because that's so, what i found with um with um a couple of my switches they weren't they actually weren't joining the network. Couldn't find them. I was going, "Why?" I'm pressing the reset button. Pressing, you know, pressing the the pair button. You know, put them to pairing mode. But then I found, yeah. oh, as soon as I push the actual switch, the software goes found it. And I go, "Oh, cool. Okay, then, cool. Thank you." Yeah. You know, so that was yeah, with, yeah, yeah. with the two switches and my little um, magnetic door sensor. I found in that. You know, so my trick now is I put into pairing mode, wait about five six seconds, and then activate the, the switch yeah activate it by right. pressing the switch closing the magnet or motion and it just seems to yeah pair quicker well it's it's interesting because so I, I i actually tried resetting it so um i've actually got one of my one of my uh motion sensors actually sitting right next to me that's uh in in kind of you know disassembled so i can get to the reset button easily i did that and and so on the so i'm using smart things zigbee motion sensors right mm-hmm. so yeah, they were they were they were on sale, whatever. I'm like, great, picked it up. It worked great uh, until until HasOS died. Yeah, so I'm I'm trying to reset it. I'm looking at the instructions. I look up, you know, on like ten different forums on whatever, and everything says, yep, just press and hold the thing for five. Press and hold the button with like, uh, you know, with a pin or something. So I have a little thumbtack I'm using just to press and hold it. I've held it for, I think at one point, I think I counted about thirty five seconds, and nothing. Like it's supposed to start blinking red or some of that, nothing, right? And I'm just like, okay, so... Have you tried the basics, like new batteries and... Well, so, yeah, so, so I actually ordered new batteries, so I should... I'm hopefully getting those tomorrow. Okay. Uh, and, and naturally, they're not any kind of, you know, useful batteries. They're CR2 batteries, right? So it's not like a button cell or something handy. Yeah. Another trick would be would be the... Have you got a Philips dimmer switch? A Philips dimmer switch? No, I don't. Ah, oh, because that's what I found with one of my switches i actually had to put the press the on and the off together on the dimmer switch about five sec about five millimeters away from the from the switch and it actually put it into pairing mode interesting because that's how you do your lights yeah that's interesting and it wasn't a phillips hue branded stuff no <laughs> no it wasn't <laughs> that's a bit there because i because i because i got this that's phillips weird. i had this got this phillips light with the dimmer as well and it's got the plus minus and all that yeah. and it read the instructions couldn't get into pairing mode it goes press the on and off together at the same time yeah. against the light when the light's on and the light will start flashing and go oh yeah okay then did that no it worked oh i'm in pairing mode then i yeah, yeah. then i was having problem with the switch and i did exactly the same thing with the switch and it went into pairing mode so yeah. don't know what the zig there must be some secret zigbee protocol that puts things into pairing mode through wirelessly yeah and and well so I mean, it, in in this case, I guess I guess SmartThings has no other way of like like I don't I don't think there's actually a pairing mode. I think it's you reset it and then it goes into pairing mode automatically, right? I, I think that's what it is. So mm-hmm. what what I'm thinking, my current theory. So hopefully my my batteries arrive tomorrow morning. My current theory is it's been in pairing mode the entire time because once once the thing died, so it it died like a maybe a week. Uh, no, maybe like two or three weeks ago now, and I, I've just been, you know, traveling and whatever. So I haven't really had a t- chance to to look at it. And uh, so I'm thinking maybe it, it was just got stuck in pairing mode the entire time, and and all the batteries died. I don't know. So hopefully, when my batteries come in, I can I can test this theory of mine and and see what's going on and and get the big hammer out yeah yeah i think i think that's that's going to be step two if this doesn't work so <laughs> no it'll, it'll work because it can it can it can it can see the big hammer yeah yeah that's right then scare it into turning on yeah, yeah. no it's yeah so let, let's see how this goes so i'm 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 hoping all else has failed so i'm like okay maybe maybe let's try the basics like battery 
and 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 I bet you and I bet you that yeah. probably will do something. So yeah. I'm I'm hoping it does at least. So let's see. I know the Xiaomi stuff can be very temperamental yeah. when it comes to batteries. If it doesn't have enough batteries in the, oh, in this... I got one of those little Bluetooth outside moisture things you plug into the garden pot. Yep, 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 yep. Got it. Got it all paired up with my because I got a little um a uh, ESP32 with Bluetooth, yep. and that's my receivers because mm-hmm. that's got the because I put ESP Home on it. And um, yeah, the first one I I, I've, I must have only had it for about a month and couldn't register it. Well, Why is that? Couldn't register. Now, oh, I wonder if it's the batteries flat. So, yeah, definitely ate the batteries. So, my little outside thermometer one seems to be eating yeah. batteries. But hey, for the batteries, only cost me $2. And, and I think the ba- I think I'm getting about three, three and a half months use out of it. That's not bad. Yeah. Con- considering it's pinging. It's not bad. Yeah. The, uh, it's printing, it's pinging the brightness. The light, the lumens, temperature, um, and moisture conductivity. Yeah, so you're, these are the Xiaomi Flower Care Bluetooth. That's it. Bluetooth yeah, flower they're, they're pretty yeah. cool, actually. Yeah. For the price, it was quite cool, actually. They're awesome. Yeah, especially yeah. for the home automation. So I've just gone and bought a whole pile of, um, just bought a little hot um, solenoid for turning the water yeah. on and off. So I've just got, mm-hmm. I've just ordered one of those on tray, on eBay for about 5 or $6. Great. So I've got that coming, and hopefully I can do a garden one of these garden interrogations or iterations. So I get home assistant to turn my water the garden for you. Yeah, water my garden for me and all that. Yeah. Or the wife won't let me the wife won't let me buy the automatic mower. <laughs> yeah, no, they're a bit scary, I think. That's uh yeah, I, I wanted one. I you know what for me it's just I'm not letting me buy myself one at those. They're like they're like twelve hundred dollars. I don't know if it's the same one you're looking at, but they're they're not cheap. Like it is. You can't quite justify. Oh, justify that. No, I, I I actually so my my old mower died. I had a had a gas powered one, so I was like, okay, you know what? Um, I'm gonna get a I'm gonna get an electric one. I I absolutely love it. Um, yeah, it's it, not electric. It's like a battery battery powered one. I I absolutely yep. love it. And and then I was like, and that one was not cheap. Like you think, like a normal one costs like two hundred two hundred bucks, two fifty bucks, right? Uh, maybe three hundred bucks if it's like super high end. Uh, this one was like six hundred bucks. I was like, uh, okay, I think I got it on sale for like five hundred. So it's still still a bit of a splurge. And uh, yeah, because you got to buy the battery pack and all. Yeah, that well, and... well, it, it includes it included the battery. How long does the battery last you for? Um. I mean, it lasts me a whole mow from my backyard, which typically takes me oh, cool. about half hour to forty five minutes, depending on I'm slow, so I'm sure I'm sure people can do it faster. <laughs> I, I usually have music in my ears or a podcast going or something like that, and you know, walk in and. Uh, but yeah, so you know, it's not it's not too bad, and uh, but it's like yeah, spending double that, and that was that was a bit of a splurge for me, and spending double that is oh no, I can't do it for for an automatic one. Until the prices go down, uh, yeah. But then, how, how long do you say it takes you to do? Forty minutes? Uh, yeah, forty forty-five minutes. Not it's not bad, and it gets me outside. So it's it's and you and your charge out rate for yourself is what like five hundred dollars an hour, like two bows. You get paid for yourself, right? I wish. Uh, no, you, 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 you know what, weirdly, it's, it's, it's funny because this year I didn't, I didn't mow a whole lot. Uh, my, my girlfriend, she decided she, she likes like, it's, it's good thinking time or it's good breathing time. You're, you're outside, you know, it's bright out. So, and, yeah, and, yeah. you know, summertime, so you want to take in all the sun you can. So she, she actually really enjoys doing it, which is great for me because I, I don't. Well, you have automated it then. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Ooh, to, to, to some extent, ooh. just don't tell her that. Shots <laughs> fired. Uh, yeah, someone's, no. someone's in the dog. Someone's going to be in the dog box tonight. Yeah, that's right. Thanks, Phil. I appreciate that one. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so yeah, I mean, yeah, I, I good, good for you. I mean, if if you can convince yourself to get one, Stefan, I, I, man, I can't, I can't do it. I can't justify it. I just can't justify. It. I love it, but I just can't justify it. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, I mean, I think, uh, th- Stefan. I mean, if you've got anything else, uh... no, I'm, I'm a, I'm a happy camper. I'm just, I'm loving, I'm loving home, home assistant. It's just to me, it's like what Paul has, has done. He's really gone and yeah, sort of kept it open, 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 open. You know, yeah. as, long, as long as you obey the rules, and I think that's the hardest part. I think just communicate, just reading stuff in the forum, eh? People are just they're not thinking outside the square enough. 
Yeah, yeah. Yeah, not mean to, you know, not be mean to them, but, yeah, because I will yeah, I mean, I've been doing for home automation for so long, yeah. Well, it's, 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 it's at, it's at different levels for different things yeah. and everything's kind yeah. of got its place, right? So, mm. so. And that's where I think home assistant, the community really comes in and, and can show people, you yeah. know, well, why don't you do it this way? Yeah. Or, cause there's a million ways you could do anything. And I think, and what's something that home assistant has done really well is being able to foster that community and, and keeping everyone friendly mm. and everyone's just happy to help everyone out. So, yeah. And as particularly like you, Stefan, getting on the forums and, and helping people out where you can as well. So mm. I think, yeah, all around it's awesome. Oh, definitely. I mean, it's like, it's like that. It's like the, the bed pressure map. I mean, you know, there was the in the form. I know guys were doing it through weight sensors and yeah, all that. Yeah, and it was costing like nearly one hundred and fifty, two hundred dollars for me to buy. And I was going, oh, I can't justify that. Mm. Yeah, so it was sort of just hunting around and finding a different way to skin the cat. Yeah, no, that's great. <laughs> that's this, is, it. this is fantastic. So, mm. well, thanks so much for for joining us. Yeah, uh, I, mean, I think I think we've had some really good uh, really good discussion and uh, and yeah. I appreciate it. So yeah, cool. Uh, and thanks everyone for listening. We'll leave links to uh, to that Amazon page where you can get that pressure map too. That's a really good. Yeah, link. yeah. No, mm. I like that. Okay, thank you. Thanks a lot. Cheers. If you want to share your home assistant journey or come on as a guest, reach out to us at feedback at haspodcast.io. That's H-A-S-S podcast.io. The Home Assistant Podcast is hosted by Phil Hawthorne and myself, Rohan Karamandi. For links to topics that we discussed today, check out our show notes on haspodcast.io.